My name is Jeffrey Burke, and I'm a 40-year veteran of the natural products industry. I'm a naturopathic practitioner, a master herbalist, and the host of the Staying Healthy radio show. My show airs Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1340 a.m. and 98.9 FM. Every show, I bring you the most relevant topics on better health and wellness, and I bring you the best guests in the industry who share the newest and most up-to-date information that we all need to know about. My show streams live every day at 5 a.m., but for those of you that cannot listen live, all of my shows are recorded and podcast and are available for on-demand downloads at stayhealthylasvegas.com. The show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, located at 840 South Rancho Drive on the northwest corner of Charleston and Rancho, next to Smith's. Visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store to see what a full-service local retailer can do for you. Stay Healthy offers exceptional service, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products at awesome prices. The hours of the store are 9 to 6, Monday through Saturday, and closed on Sunday. Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. Remember to tune into my show often and listen to the on-demand podcast of the show at stayhealthylasvegas.com. I look forward to chatting with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello and welcome back to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Good morning to you. I'm so glad you're here because it means that you might just be a little bit interested in your good health and well-being or maybe interested for yourself and other people you know and other people in your world and you want to be able to share up-to-date information because that's what we do here every day, Monday through Friday. I talk with the best minds in the industry. We talk about the relevant topics as they relate to today's world. And sometimes we dig up things that have been around for a while that we may just have forgotten about. It allows everybody to have a better focus, a better understanding of their health and well-being. And I think it also allows every one of us to be able to Look at things from a different angle, maybe a more focused angle, and maybe just stop the guessing. There's nothing better than being able to get great answers to your questions because every question needs a great answer. So every day, Monday through Friday, the great guest, the great information, and then I send you to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Stay Healthy is Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the Valley. It is a fully packed, full-service store with the best of the best in every category. And above and beyond that, the most knowledgeable, informed, educated, relevant, and passionate staff. The people you get to work with where you can help clear up some of the misinformation that's running around out there today and also get those answers to the questions as they relate to you and your well-being. Because it's great to have information, but you know what your friends are doing, what your family's doing, what your neighbor's doing, or even your coworkers may be working well for them, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So having those conversations will help you pinpoint the direction you're heading and get those wonderful you know, tidbits of information to make things better and more direct. You'll find Stay Healthy Health Food Store at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, closed on Sunday are the hours. The phone number 877-2494. Don't forget about their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com. It is a place to go for great information, and if you partner up with them, which means just enter your email address. You'll start getting monthly newsletters, coupons that you can print and use in the store, as well as having the availability of all of the radio show podcasts that are there for on-demand downloads when it's convenient for you. To maybe finish hearing a show you didn't hear at all, uh, or a touching base on the ones you missed, or sending a friend there so they could listen to something that you heard that you think would be applicable to them. Stay Healthy Las Vegas. Well, today we're going to be talking about the product line from Terry Naturally. We're going to have my favorite person on today, Cheryl Myers. Uh, She's going to be here talking with us, and you know what a great, great wealth of information she is. So we're going to be talking today about quercetin. Now, we've touched on it over, you know, over the year, and over the last couple years, we've touched on it a little bit more. But today we're going to understand exactly what it's about and some of the new quercetins that are available through Terry Naturally. Cheryl is the Chief of Scientific Affairs for Europharma. It's a healthcare professional to the highest degree with certifications in cancer, 
pain control, and the issues of aging. She's an expert in dietary supplements and natural medicines, who has been a featured guest on hundreds of radio and television shows. She's been interviewed by the New York Times, Prevention Magazine, the Wall Street Journal, just to name a few. Cheryl is a member of the editorial board of the Natural Medicine Journal, and her own published research has included topics such as menopause, diabetes, sleep disorders, and gastrointestinal function. As an expert educator on natural medicine, Cheryl has been invited to give educational presentations at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, the Jefferson Mirna Brin Center of Integrative Medicine at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and other healthcare organizations across America. Help me welcome my guest. Hey, Cheryl, how are you today? I am wonderful, and I am delighted to be back talking with you today. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, we we have both been in the industry a long time, and a lot has changed. You know, I, I mention all the time that I don't write in pen anymore. I write in pencil because I got tired of scratching things out. It's easier to erase <laughs> uh, because things are perpetually changing. You know, people say all the time, aren't you bored being doing the same thing for like 40 years? And I said, how could you be bored when new things are happening and breakthroughs and new delivery systems? I said, no, it's, it's always exciting. And it has changed a lot, but with that can come confusion. So it's always great to have you here to help with some of the confusion and make things a little bit more understandable. Well, I think that uh, having the opportunity to share legitimate scientific information about dietary supplements and how can you, how you can use them to achieve your health goals is more important every single day. I think so too. You know, over the last couple of years, I think people heard a lot about supplements, you know, during the pandemic and things. They were hearing about all these things. And of course, the health food stores were being flooded with people, you know, just trying to stay on top of everything. And we heard a lot about, you know, vitamin C and zinc and a lot of those things that were out there. People were using all different kinds of things, just trying to stay healthy. There was a lot of fear and there was a lot of confusion. But, you know, one one nutrient that was talked about a lot, and it has been, but I think the last couple of years we've seen it surface a little bit more, is something called quercetin. And I don't think people really understood what it's all about, not that it was meant primarily for the pandemic time of the years that we suffered for a couple of years, but um, it does have a lot of health benefits. And I'm so glad that you came out with um, a couple forms of and formulas with quercetin in it. And maybe we could talk a little bit about it and what it is, what it does, and what we could expect from using it. Well, you know, quercetin is not a plant. It's mm-hmm. a compound found in plants. So, for example, it's a little bit like uh, a good example would be vitamin C. There's no vitamin C plant, but there's a lot of foods, especially citrus fruits, that are high in vitamin C. So quercetin's in a wide variety of foods in small amounts. So we look at some of the good sources. Um, It's in citrus fruits. Uh, It's really rich in apples, but it's in the apple peel. So if you peel your apple, you're not getting your daily quercetin. Uh, onions, um, let's see, what are some other things? There's some in tea, there's a little bit in olive oil, dark cherries, dark berries, things that are really dark in color. But it's hard to get the amount that's been used in published human clinical trials for specific health applications by eating tiny amounts in the diet. And so when you look at the clinical studies, those were all done using supplemental quercetin to make sure that there's going to be a specific and measurable dose and a little bit higher concentration. However, that said, there's a reason they say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. There's a lot of really healthy things in apples, but eat the skin because one of those healthy things is quercetin. You know, it it's one of those things where, you know, we're always kind of taught and we've been taught that, you know, having a healthy, well-balanced diet is very important, but the, the status and the quality of the growth methods and the soil and pollution, environmental changes and things have altered some of the quality of our foods. I still say having a wonderfully balanced diet is still the best way to go, but I also have kind of leaned more toward the idea that sometimes we... If we're looking for some of these things that we read about, you know, results from things like published studies and stuff like that, we're going to have to reach out into supplementation because, like you mentioned, and per your point, which I think was right on, sometimes we don't get 
the levels of benefit from just food alone? Right. So while it's really healthy, I, you know, first off, I totally agree with you. Um, secondly, you cannot out supplement a bad diet. You cannot eat Twinkies and Ho-Ho's and French fries for three meals a day and think if I take supplements, it's going to counteract all of that. <laughs> so it is very important. On the flip side, it's hard to just tell people completely change your eating habits and do it now. Eating is a very intimate thing. It's a very psychological thing. It's a very embedded thing. Food takes on a lot of meaning. Uh, and, and it triggers a lot of hormonal release and it influences our mood. So telling somebody to disrupt everything and stop what they're used to and starting something new is not something that's achievable for a lot of folks. So I, I'm a baby step person. Let's find one thing. Maybe you drink a lot of, you know, corn syrup laden soda pop, you know, or you're drinking, you know, colas or whatever fruit drinks that have a lot of high fructose corn syrup in it. Uh, instead of drinking those and with all of their preservatives and artificial colors, maybe flip to, if you like the carbonation, a carbonated water, a sparkling water of some sort. See if you can make that switch. So I do one switch at a time instead of, of trying to say, you must stop everything and start all this anew. The other thing that I, I encourage folks to understand is that if you eat healthy 80% of the time, you're doing better than the vast majority of people in the United States, the vast majority. So, I mean, I, I really kind of feel that we shouldn't label things as bad. I mean, you shouldn't say that piece of birthday cake is bad, and if I eat it, I'm going to feel guilty because I've done something wrong. That's, that's right. That'll send you right on your way to an eating disorder. Uh, foods are not good or bad. It's how we use them. And so if a couple times a year, you want to have a piece of birthday cake at somebody's celebration. Don't beat yourself up. Just may recognize that you need to eat healthy at least 80% of the time. And then if occasionally you eat something that maybe isn't as nutrient-dense or maybe has it's high caloric or a lot of refined carbs, acknowledge that you're doing it for pleasure and that you don't do it very often. So when I when we talk about how to be healthy, absolutely, it comes back to the diet. But I think we need to be respectful of of how people feel about changing the diets and how overwhelming it could be to ask for huge changes all at one time. You know, that's a really good point. And, and, and you know, the one point you made about food being a real intimate thing, we, we, we have come from a time 100 years ago when, you know, food was something that, you know, working on the farms and the ranches, you went in, you ate a big food amount of quantity of food, I mean, huge meals, because you needed the sustenance and the energy to go back out and work in the afternoon into the evening. It was, it was something you did to, it was like filling up your gas tank on your car. Or today we have personalized food and we've, we've done everything around food and we center everything around food. And right. when we're upset, you know, most people don't reach for a salad and a side of Brussels sprouts. You know, they reach for other things nope. that are more comforting. And um, mm-hmm. so it is, a, it is something that goes on. And no matter how good you are, we're all going to have those days where we slide to the left or slide to the right. It's just whether or not we mm-hmm. get back on the path again. You know, and then we complicate all this by adding things to our food that have never mm-hmm. been a part of our food chain before in the history of humankind. And then we wonder why people are having disrupted metabolism, struggling with type 2 diabetes and obesity. These are all diseases. These are all metabolic disruptions. This is not people being lazy. This is not people not having self-control. Some of the some of the people that have a, a great deal of self-control I, that I know of struggle mightily with their weight. Uh, it's, it's, as I said, it's a disruption and there's a lot of different causes and it's complicated, uh, but there's always something we can do to start taking steps back up into a better direction. And some of that involves coming full circle. Some of that revolves around adding in supplementation. There's a reason they're called supplements. They supplement the diet. They don't replace the diet. That's really important because, you know, we we don't realize that it's almost, well, I would say darn near close to impossible to be able to, to get the high quality food that was available, you know, years and years ago. You know, I've mentioned this before. I have a friend and he bought a place in a very high elevation, 150 acres. He had to get away from the world and he kind of went off the grid and they cleared this area. It was like huge area flatland they had and they decided to put a garden in last year. 
And he said the soil was dark, rich, black, gorgeous, virgin soil. It had never been planted. No chemicals have ever been there. And he has a ranch there, so he has steers and cows and horses and pigs and all that. So a lot of that manure went into the soil as well. And he said he grew vegetables that were so big, so colorful, so gigantic. And he said it was just like the most amazing vegetables. He actually said they actually tasted like they did when I was a kid. He kept a chart that he wrote down everything that he grew. And then when he's planting this year, he said, I'm rotating everything like they used to do, different things in different areas and adding back to the soil. So he said the amazing thing about it, he goes, we feel so much better, you know, eating these before because of there's flavors. And, and, and it's funny because I went back home last year and I grabbed a tomato out of my brother's garden and I took a bite out of it and I swear it tasted like nothing. It had virtually no taste to it. I had to shake some spices and things on it to make it taste good. And he said, everything tasted so good because the soil was still rich and actually put things into the to the vegetables and the fruits. So we've deviated a lot from that. And then like you mentioned, to your point, we now added so many things to food today that our body doesn't even, you know, understand or, you know, realize what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, our, our, the, the soils have been depleted, and another complication is that uh, many of the vegetable crops we're growing commercially, are, are, they're bred over successive generations. Even if they're non-GMO, they're bred over successive generations to be the fastest growing of the lot. Because if you can bring, I'm making this up, I'm not an agricultural expert, but if you can bring your corn to maturity in eight weeks instead of 12 weeks, that's a huge economic advantage, and you can get a much better return on your investment. The problem is that when we have these very fast-growing crops, well, there's a couple of problems. One of the biggies is they don't have the time to absorb the nutrients from the soil that the slower-growing crops do. The second thing is that there's not as many nutrients in the soil. We just have not been very good stewards of our environment. And they're estimating that when we look at fruits and vegetables today that are commercially grown, there's about 50% fewer nutrients than they were 100, 200 years ago. Wow, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and our and our bodies still want to work. They still want to recover. We still need nutrients to build healthy cells and repair. And the body's needs continue to go on. We've just changed what we give it to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you look at this, boy, I sound like the voice of doom and gloom today. So our <laughs> so our vegetables and our fruits have less nutrients than they used to, and additionally, we are living in a world where nobody eats them. So it's like a double whammy. You know, people used to have a lot of vegetables. I remember when I was a kid growing up, of course, my mother, my grandmother was a little bit, she leaned towards the South. We didn't grow up in the South. We grew up in Southern Indiana, but she leaned that way. And boy, did she have a lot of vegetables. Like you didn't have fried chicken and mashed potatoes and nothing else. You know, you, you had three sides of different kinds of vegetables that she'd prepared at every meal. So people ate a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. Now the number one, quote, vegetable consumed in America is potatoes, and the vast majority of that is as french fries. So I'm not against potatoes. I'm, you know, I know that they're a little bit high on the glycemic index, but if you like potatoes, try to find a healthier way to eat the potatoes, but uh, then, then soaking them in fats and oils and frying them. But um, that's, that's a shame. I mean, how many, how many people in our listening audience, when's the last time you had uh, homemade green beans? Uh, with garlic and mushrooms, or when's the last time you fried up some okra, or when was the last time you had stewed tomatoes, or when, you know, any of these, when was the last time you had lima beans, or, or any of these foods that we used to eat more plentifully. So now we're, we consume far more franken foods, um, and far less of the vegetables and the fruits. At the same time, there's fewer nutrients in them. So can you imagine what impact that has on the health of America, especially the health of our growing children. I agree 100%. You know, and, and we have to look at things a little bit differently. We, we somehow, and I think I mentioned this already a little bit, but we have to start looking as food as a quality fuel to rebuild and rejuvenate and, and, and fix and repair and relubricate and hydrate the body rather than just a pastime. It's literally become just a pastime. Mm-hmm. It is sometimes. And as you said before, sometimes it's self-medication. Uh, sometimes we eat to feel better. You know, as you say, when you are down in the dumps or feeling overwhelmed, you don't crave 
salads and a side of Brussels sprouts. You crave ice cream and cookies and things that have a lot of sweetness to them, chocolate, um, because that, that does elicit a little bit of a dopamine spike in our brain. It releases a little bit of those neurotransmitters that makes us feel good. And, um, and sometimes we're so starved, literally and figuratively, to feel good that we will overindulge in some of these things just to try to improve our mood. So there's a lot of reasons why we have disrupted eating. There's a lot of reasons why we maybe need to reset our relationship with food um, and, you know, I mean, cherish it and not demonize it and try to find some ways to make it better. So today we're going to talk about quercetin. Do you have a reason why over the last couple of years, you know, during the pandemic times and everybody was, every other word was immune system and, you know, trying to be healthy and all that kind of stuff. Um, why do you think quercetin popped onto the radar? Um, a couple of reasons. So quercetin's always been around. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had quercetin supplements for a while. I don't think it was well understood. And there's another challenge, which we'll talk about later, in that it's not very well absorbed, and so you have to take really high dosages to try to get enough on board to do anything. But all of a sudden, with the pandemic, if there is any silver lining at all to the pandemic, despite the lives that it took and changed forever, the people learned that there are things they can do to make their immune system stronger, that they are not completely powerless. They don't just have to sit there and wait in fear that something bad's going to happen to them and the people there, they love their steps they can take to make their immune system stronger. Just as you can work out and make your legs stronger, just as you can work out and make your heart stronger, you can use supplements to make your immune system work out and be stronger. So parallel to that, that increasing interest in what are the legitimate interventions out there in the natural world that can help my immune system. Parallel to that, researchers jumped on board and they started to explore a lot of different things of how does this work specifically uh, in an anti, as an antiviral and does this have antiviral activity and what kinds of viruses does it address and how does it work, et cetera. So there were a couple that they settled on that were uh, that had a, a real burgeoning of research um, Elderberry, for example, did the high anthocyanin content in elderberry. Another one that there was a lot of research out there was on propolis, um, concentrated propolis. Uh, And another one was quercetin. And they started to find that quercetin has some very potent antiviral uh, activity. They did one study that looked at influenza A, which is a very common form of the influenza or the flu that we get. Um, And it had near, in in a test tube situation, it was a cellular study where they had uh, where they had uh, the live virus, the influenza A virus, had 100% inhibition of the ability of influenza A to replicate. And if it can't replicate, you don't get sick. Um, it also does some other things. There's some other studies that they've done. Um, they did it on COVID research, which was amazing to me because they tested compounds found in a variety of plants. So we know that quercetin's in a variety of plants. They also, te- I'm trying to think of what are some of the, like menthol, they tested menthol, that's in a lot of plants. They tested uh, zingarone, which we think of mostly in ginger, uh, cordyceptin, which is in cordyceps mushrooms, eugenol, thymol, those kinds of things. So they looked at these compounds that they suspected had antiviral activity. And the one that had, the, the, well, the, there were three that had the strongest activity, and that was quercetin, curcumin, and rosmarinic acid. And quercetin, for example, was, uh, you know, more than double the antiviral and binding energy that you found in like some of the compounds they tested from ginger or or garlic, which is another good healthy immune substance, but more than double what, what garlic was able to do. So, you know, they've started to do some very specific COVID kinds of research to say, we know that all of these perform, we know all of these can be useful, but which ones are the best of the best? And quercetin falls into that category. So now we have the, the research that's starting to expand. Then at the same time, you've got uh, consumers that are looking for what's, what's some proven botanicals or proven natural medicines that can make a difference because that's the downside of COVID is there was a lot of hucksterism out there. There was a lot of people making crazy claims with no scientific foundation. So people were trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So not only did they find and do a lot of examination with quercetin and its antiviral activity and its ability to keep viruses from replicating, 
they also looked at what does it do to the lungs. And in the lungs, we, we have bronchi, and bronchi, when they are irritated, when you have a lot of inflammation in your lungs, they can get, they can, get um, they can narrow, and so you don't get as good an air exchange. And, uh, and they can tighten up, especially if you have like a tendency towards asthma, they can kind of spasm, they call it bronchospasm, so that you're not able to get as much air in. And they found in an experimental model, they found that it increases the opening up of the bronchi in the lungs by 36%. So you can see that regardless of what kind of problem you might have, whether it's allergies, asthma, or a cold or the flu that's impacting your lungs, helping to open up the bronchi to get better oxygen exchange is always a good idea. You know, I, I, I think this information that you just gave us is, is really important. And, and I do agree that we, we did bring a lot of good information forward during the pandemic. And I've learned, and I, you know, I, I saw a lot of people that had maybe started buying things online and stuff. And I think the pandemic brought a lot of people back to the mom and pop brick and mortar stores because they decided that they really wanted to have people to talk to. And mm-hmm. they wanted to go in for those conversations, which are priceless, especially when confusion is, you know, running so rampant out there. But I mean, people that Ab- people that looked at quercetin before, they may be looking at it a completely different way. Absolutely. So it, even though quercetin has always had a, a legitimate scientific history and has had investigation um, for, for example, cancer, when they look at uh, cancer cells that helps to inhibit the proliferation and movement of cancer cells in the body. And they've tested it on breast, colon, lung, and pancreatic cancer. So we know that quercetin can support the immune system and its anti-cancer activity as well. Uh, it plays a role in how the brain works. They've done an animal model of Parkinson's disease and found that quercetin can improve the density of the neurons because the neurons are your brain cells. And in a certain area of the brain when you have Parkinson's disease, it's called the substantia nigra, you see a die-off, a premature die-off of the nerve cells in that area. And that's why you see the movement disorders associated with Parkinson's disease. So increasing the density of the neurons in that area is moving in the opposite direction of the disease. It also helps to improve mental function and memory. So when we look at quercetin uh, as something that is found in healthy plants or taking it out and concentrating it to use supplementally as a natural medicine. You can, it has a potent ability to help individuals that are struggling with viruses. It also has this great ability that people are putting together a healthy protocol. Maybe they've had cancer and they want to make sure they never have it again because that's when it becomes even scarier. You know, there's just a lot of different ways that you can use quercetin to achieve your health goals. You know, I was talking with a friend yesterday, and she had taken quercetin uh, during the pandemic, and she asked me this question. She says, you know, I, I was very lucky I didn't get sick, and now I'm traveling again. Do you think it's still okay to make it part of my daily regimen? And I said, absolutely. You agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's nothing about it that's overstimulating for the immune system. There's, uh, you know, one of the things about quercetin that is very well known, and I don't want to say I've left the best for last because everything about quercetin research is intriguing, but it is super potent when people have allergies. So there's these cells in our body that make compounds called histamines, and histamines trigger all that allergy stuff. You know, the runny nose, the itchy eyes. Uh, Sometimes another kind of allergic response is when you get hives, or itchy skin when you're having an allergic reaction, but we know mostly we talk about histamine with uh, allergic issues with pollen or dust mites or cats or dogs or uh, whatever you know you might be allergic to. And they have done some excellent research with quercetin showing that it inhibits histamine release. In fact, in one test of patients with seasonal allergies, they found that it inhibited histamine release by up to 96%. That's huge. Now, this does not mean that once you're already, now you've got like runny eyes and you're sneezing like crazy and you're all congested because you have allergies and you take quercetin, it goes away. It's not like those over-the-counter drugs that just dry you up and you feel differently in an hour or two. This prevents the histamine from being released. So you have to clear all that stuff that's still in your body. That means that I don't want people to be disappointed and think this was like a drug where you take it, boom, it goes away. No, you take it and probably a week or two later, 
your allergy symptoms are dramatically reduced because now no new histamine is entering the equation. The other thing I love about using quercetin for allergies is that I don't like the drugs that are available for allergies. Now, if you have an EpiPen and you're allergic to bees, please use it. If you have another kind of allergy and you need to take a couple of doses of Benadryl because you're having an allergic reaction, please do. But the problem is these are overused and they use them every single day and people use Benadryl, diphenhydramine as the generic. They use it for sleep, like an Advil PM and Tylenol PM. That all contains Advil. I mean, that all contains um, diphenhydramine, which is an allergy drug because it's an antihistamine. It, it, it goes after histamine, but it has a downside. It's also anticholinergic, which means it inhibits the creation and use of choline in the body. And choline is used to make a major neurotransmitter in the brain called acetylcholine. The reason this is important is they have found that anticholinergic drugs, of which most allergy drugs fall into that category, the longer you use them, the greater you increase your risk for Alzheimer's disease and other kinds of dementia. I don't think you should have to be choosing between sneezing and losing your mind. I think it's really important for us to understand that if you're going to use allergy drugs every single day for long periods of time, please, please, please explore some natural alternatives because using them over time can deplete choline from your body and put your brain at greater risk. You know, people ask me once in a while what I think makes your line of products stand out. And I say quality, lots of research, um, continually making the same product the same way, formulations that if you use it once, you're getting the same or a better formula every single time if they decide to make changes, but consistency to formulation. But you, you, you also do things where some things are added into the formulas that make them work even better. Um, with the quercetin, you use something called gamma-zorb. And I know that in my mind, I'm thinking that is something that helps absorbability. Oh, goodness, yes. That's the, one of the biggest challenges with quercetin is it's not very well absorbed. That's why you see doses of hundreds of milligrams several times a day used in some of these studies to try to get results because it's not very well absorbed. So when we look at um, an animal model of absorption of quercetin, uh, on on uncomplexed quercetin is absorbed somewhere between 3 and 17%. So that means if you take 100 milligrams, you're going to get somewhere between 3 milligrams and 17 milligrams into your body. Not very much, right? No. Spitting in the ocean to raise the tide. Uh, and some of that has to do with gender. Some of that has to do with age. Some of that has to do with inflammation in the gut. Some of that has to do with your probiotic milieu. That's why there's something of a range, 3 to 17%. But when they added in cyclodextrins, that boosted absorption up to 59%. So that means out of 100 milligrams, instead of getting 3 milligrams on board, you're getting 59 milligrams on board. So tremendously useful in boosting absorption. People, I, I always chuckle a little bit when people say Gamazor because to me it sounds like those monsters in the Japanese movies. Remember Godzilla and Rodan and all of these different, you know, it's like, oh, here comes Gamazorb, you know, Gamazorb will now fight Godzilla. So it does, uh, that's a good way to remember it though, but, but it's, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's not some strange chemical and it's definitely not a radioactive dinosaur. It is um, a compound found in starches in plants. And when you say starch, people go, oh my God, carbs, but it's not like that. It's a, it's a compound that doesn't lend um, calories so much. It's a, it's a portion of starch. And if you look at it under a microscope, it looks like a piece of elbow macaroni. And think of a piece of elbow macaroni with one end bigger than the other. So one end kind of trumpets out a little bit. So that's what it looks like under a microscope. The unique quality of these compounds, which are called cyclodextrins, is that the inside loves water. It loves water. Uh, I'm sorry, the inside loves fat. It loves fat. It's what you call lipophilic. The outside loves water. It's what you call hydrophilic. So when you pack it with compounds that are not very well absorbed, that are fat-soluble compounds, these cyclodextrins, when you swallow them, they... They kind of end up stuck to the insides of our intestines and release up their nutrients to dramatically improve absorption. 
Uh, we also use Gamasorb in our CoQ10 product. Um, they've been there's human studies published on that shows that it boosts absorption about eight times that of plain CoQ10. Wow. So it's a really great system, and it's from you know these uh, these plant starches is from non-GMO potatoes, so people don't have any issues with it. It's just a really elegant way. Now it's an old way because cyclodextrins were discovered a hundred years ago, and they have been used in the pharmaceutical industry to help boost absorption for many, many decades. However, there's different kinds of cyclodextrins named alpha, beta, delta, gamma, and the largest and most recent development in cyclodextrins is called gamma cyclodextrin, which is the largest of all the macaroni pieces so that it works much better. So even though it's an older technology, it's based on older learnings, it's a newer way to really make a difference in the absorption of certain types of nutrients. So that's why we use the gamma cyclodextrin form, the newest form, and hence the name Gammasorb. Thank you for that. Um, that's really good clarity, and it, it really does make a difference. And it just shows another whole level of concern for not only creating products and formulating them, but wanting to ensure that they get from the shelf to the box, to the bottle, to the house, to inside the person, and they make a difference. And, you know, you know, you did mention there are people out there that absorb things differently. And, you know, we have a very, Mm -hmm. we have an aged community out there. And, and one thing that we're learning is it's not really even age anymore. People just do not absorb like they used to. So we have to help things out. And I think that's why new, new delivery systems are, are becoming more, uh, talked about because of the fact that people, you know, somebody in their mid forties may have had no trouble digesting things 50 years ago, but today we've got people that are, you know, having a terrible time getting benefits because their digestive mm-hmm. systems just don't work. So if we can make things better, that's going to mm-hmm. be great. You're absolutely right. Um, another thing that we've added to our quercetin is vitamin C. And that may seem on the surface kind of simplistic. It's like, well, I get vitamin C in my multi or whatever. Why would you put vitamin C in with quercetin? Well, it's because they are best friends. And when quercetin quercetin gets tired, vitamin C lends it some of its energy and it gets it strong again, gets it going again. So it it helps when we start to see quercetin. It's what we call refreshes. So vitamin C refreshes the activity of quercetin. So they've done some studies on quercetin alone versus uh, vitamin C added in, and they have found that it does a lot of things. Uh, it decreases inflammation more effectively. And when they looked at influenza H1N1, and then this was an animal study, they found that it increased the survival of, of this influenza by 25% more when vitamin C was added. Uh, they found that vitamin C added to quercetin protects better against bacterial infections, and bacterial infections can be really serious. So in this study, 100% of the untreated animals uh, did not survive, whereas those that were treated with vitamin C and quercetin partnered, they had a 70% survival rate. So dramatic differences in how the body responds to different threats by adding in vitamin C so that I always say it's a little bit like, and I've used this for other products too, but it's a little bit like Batman and Robin. Batman's awesome on his own, but sometimes he gets into a jam and you know Robin has to come along and help out. So a little bit of a helper compound, but it works brilliantly. So we've got the quercetin with the vitamin C, and then we've got it. We've got the uh, quercetin packed into the Gamasorb system. It really does. We've had so many nice calls and and uh, emails from people telling us that this has worked when they've tried things in the past. It didn't, but now this somehow seems to work. Now you mentioned a lot of sources out there. You use Japanese pagoda tree flower buds or the botanical, which I'm just dying to say this, Sephora japonica. <laughs> oh, isn't that a pretty name? It's so it's pretty. It's a beautiful tree. It's a beautiful tree. There's a reason they call it the pagoda tree. Um, yes, that is an incredibly rich source. The flower buds are very rich in quercetin. That's what we use as a botanical source. I would uh, encourage folks to become avid label readers because you are supposed to, when you get something from a plant on a dietary supplement, list the source of the plant on the label. So if you get uh, if you get something from, let's say you're, Oh, I don't know what example to use, but well, curcumin. So when you know we are selling curcumin, that's from the plant. That's from that's from turmeric. 
And so we have to make sure that we put that on the label that you know which plant it came from. There's such a thing as synthetic quercetin. It seems kind of ironic, doesn't it? But it's, you know, it's a fake natural product. <laughs> what do they call that? An oxymoron? This is a fake natural product. So they do have synthetic quercetin. I have never seen any human studies on synthetic quercetin. It's definitely a lot cheaper to make it synthetically than to harvest it from plants. Uh, so I always question if there's a supplement facts box and it says this contains quercetin, if it doesn't list a botanical next to it, I would contact the company and say, so is this from a plant or, you know, because technically they should list it. Or it raises my uh, hackles a little bit and think, well, maybe it's synthetic and that's why they're not listing a botanical source. You know, thank you also for making products that have things not in them, like like sugar and salt and yeast and mm-hmm. wheat and gluten and soy and artificial colorings and flavorings and preservatives. These are, you know, these are kind of no-nos for many people with their diets and restrictions and allergies. And thank you for, for taking that into consideration when you're making your products. Well, thank you. Um, we do use excipients. Excipients are compounds, are helper compounds. Mm-hmm. And excipients, so, so for example, if you make, let's say you make a capsule, and the interior of the capsule is a plant. Let's say it's daisies. I'm making this up. <laughs> and the daisies tend to clump together and form a solid ball that doesn't break apart very easily. You have to put in some helper compounds so that when you swallow the capsule of daisies, that it, when it opens up, it will break apart and yield up its nutrients. So there are companies that brag about not using excipients, and they demonize them and call them fillers and binders and all this. Uh, but they're telling me that they haven't done the research nor the testing to make sure that they've got proper dissolution and disintegration of their products. That being said, there are excipients that are nasty that we would never put in our products. You know, artificial sweeteners, artificial, you know, there's a lot of artificial colors that are associated with um, attention deficit disorder and, and various mutations to cells that can be problematic for cancer. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff out there that's not very healthy. That doesn't mean that they're all bad. It means that, you know, you need to work with a company that's doing their homework, that they are getting their compounds from natural sources that they are looking for the presence of allergens and that they're not using it. Why would we pay extra money to put more stuff in our products if we didn't have to? If all we cared about were profits, why would we pay the extra money to put something in that uh, helps to uh, preserve its oxi- you know, to help preserve it against oxidative stress or to make sure that it dissolves properly or to make sure it doesn't stick to the machinery and end up with dosage dosages that are not equal capsule to capsule. So there's just a lot of work that we do behind the scenes to help individuals not just worry about what's in the product, but how is it going to work in my body. And I know you've heard this mantra before. It doesn't matter what you take. It matters what you absorb. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it also matters what form you absorb it in. Well, you know, and it's, it's, remember the old mantra used to be, you are what you eat, but you know, like to your point, you are what you absorb. So, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it has changed dramatically and, and the state of digestion has changed. You know, the other day I had to walk through a pharmacy cause I needed to pick something up at the pharmacy and I was walking through and it was funny because I, I talk about it all the time, but I actually stopped to look at it and there was a constipation aisle. It wasn't just a oh section, my. it was like an aisle. I mean, even like oh, Band-Aids gosh. was like two sections, and allergies was like five sections, and cold and flu was like six sections. And I thought to myself, you know, most people go for the fast, quick fix because they think that that's the only way to go. And because symptoms are so annoying with all the problems we have, they reach for mm-hmm. the box or the bottle that says the most things on the front that are annoying to them. And when the symptoms are dissipated, no matter how they are, covered up or whatever through chemical source, you know, people think, well, I fixed it because that's mm-hmm. the mentality. Right. I hear you. And, and yes, it's, it's, there are times when you have to deal with symptoms, absolutely. Sure. But most of the time, you really need to find, try to get back to the cause or else you are just putting Band-Aids on it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So the quercetins, a um, couple questions real quick. With food, without food, is there a preference? Um, I like to encourage people to take any kind of supplement, unless there's a reason it can't be taken with food, which is rare. With food, and I'll tell you why. I think there's some compounds in food 
that maybe boost absorption just a little bit more. The second thing is people are notorious for getting to take their supplements. You know, they start out guns a-blazing, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make changes in my health. I'm going to take this product. And then they forget. They And that it's usually the other doses that are forgotten. So I always say if you can get used to, if you can create a habit that you take it with breakfast and you take it with dinner so that the, the meal itself triggers your memory, you're more than likely going to get two doses on, on board. Uh, or if you just, if maybe you just have mild issues, um, maybe just one per day. So, I mean, we, there is a variety of different dosages that individuals can use. We have our regular strength and we do have an extra strength. So if people are really struggling, uh, they can certainly jump up to the extra strength level, which is a higher amount of quercetin, but still boost, with that boosted absorption from Gamasorb. You know, I think that it really just makes sense. I mean, today I, I try to personally, uh, I look more toward things that give me benefit in a lot of different areas. And I'm always mm-hmm. sometimes, well, most of the time, if not all the time, pleasantly surprised when I start using a supplement for a specific reason. And I get benefits mm-hmm. in an area that I wasn't expecting. I love those surprise radiated benefits that are out there. And I think sometimes when you're, number one, using a product that's put to better, together correctly, when you're using a product that uses high-quality ingredients and they help to boost the absorbability and the delivery, um, it just gives you a better chance of seeing results. And you know, we're all so impatient. If we don't see something, we give up so quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you, and we've been trained that way. Is I, I, the biggest mistakes that people make when there's three big mistakes that people make when they take dietary supplements if they're not getting results. Um, one is getting connected to the wrong supplement. You know, they they either see that there's research on a product, but when they go to buy it, it's thirty dollars, and they see it online for nine dollars, and so they don't realize that there might be significant differences. They think there's some kind of overarching authority that makes sure that if you say for example, curcumin or quercetin or whatever it may be, see, it may, that it's all the same and that nothing could be further from the truth. Um, that's the reason why you can pay anywhere from a dollar a pound of coffee to a hundred dollars a pound for coffee. It's not all the same. They're grown differently and they have different key compounds and, and it's important to try to pay attention to that. The second mistake that people make is not taking enough of it. They miss, especially, now quercetin is pretty good because you can usually do just one per day unless you're really struggling, which you can bump it up to twice a day. But uh, with quercetin, uh, that's okay. But other things have to be taken two or three times a day and people forget the other dosages. Uh, so they take it one a day and then they're disappointed that they're not getting the results. And, and you know, the, the third reason is they give up too quickly. Um, the, this is the story that I tell patients when I'm working with them about specific supplements. Let's say you're 20 pounds overweight and you got a little roll around your stomach and you're trying to get in shape for bikini season. <laughs> now you go and you work out once. And you come home and you know what? That roll is still around your waist and you still got a little extra on your thighs. Do you quit working out? Because, hey, I tried working out and it didn't help. It didn't help me. So, no, you go back and you go for a month. And at the end of a month, you think, oh, my gosh, my waist is an inch smaller. My, my thighs are toning up. And then you go back for another month and at the end of two months, you're like, I can't believe how much better I'm looking, how much better my clothes are fitting. I've got much better toned muscles. It's fantastic. And nobody complains and says, oh, my God, it took two months for me to get, you know, more toned and take some, take some inches off my waistline. That's the way it is with supplements. They're, not, they're more like exercise than they are like drugs. You, there are exceptions, but most of them you don't take one uh, for a day or two and say, oh, it's not working. This didn't do anything for me. No, it's think of it more like exercise. You take it for a period of time. You are retraining your body. You are moving the needle in some important issues in your body. You're turning it back towards health. It takes some commitment. So I'd say for most dietary supplements, if you're not getting results after two months, come back and talk to someone. Uh, talk to someone who knows what they're talking, you know, come to it. That's, that's a, another important thing is to make sure you have a relationship with a store where they really know their stuff. They pay attention to what's going on in the science and continuing education and, and say, hey, this isn't working for me. What should I do? Do I need a different product? Do I need a different dose? What's going on? But please, please, please don't take something for even a week or two and say, oh, it's not working. And then you just fade away. No. You wouldn't do that for an exercise plan if you were trying to get in shape for bikini season. You realize 
you're going to have to put in the work in order to get the magnificent results that you want. Wow, that was that was beautiful. I love that. I'm going to be borrowing that a lot. Um, I that just makes great sense. That's a, anybody that just listened to that just kind of went, oh, okay. Because we're impatient, mm-hmm. Cheryl. I mean, you know we are. We well, we want the results by tomorrow, you know. And mm-hmm. um, you know, people that start they set out on these goals and they got six months to get in shape, and it's like three days before the event, and they haven't started. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, so you have to be understanding that we didn't get to where we are today last week. You know, you get a cold or an allergy or something like that, that's fine. But the state of our health, that's been months, if not years, uh, in the progression of getting us to where we are. So it may take a while, and it usually does, but is it always worth it? It always is. And um, It always is. I, I just want to thank you. What a wonderful show today. Thank you so much, and it's always a pleasure to have you here because I think people that did not know about quercetin, they do now. I think people that might have thought they knew only the things it was used for, they know it's used for many other things. And I just want to remind people that uh, both of these formulas are available at Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Cheryl, have a wonderful day and take care of you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye now. My guest today is Cheryl Myers representing Terry Naturally Europharma. You have to enjoy her being here. She's so good at what she does and I am a big fan of hers because of the fact that she's just really good at it and she has a great way of making sure things are understandable and making sure that you walk away saying, oh, that was such a fun conversation. She's such a delight to listen to and oh, I learned too. I always say, and I think I say it every show that I've done with Cheryl over the years, it's like sitting with a great friend on a couch in a cabin in front of a roaring fire in a fireplace, drinking hot chocolate and having wonderful conversation, but learning at the same time. Because we can all learn a little bit more. Head over to Stay Healthy Health Food Store and learn what it's like to work and go to and work with people at a full-service, fully-packed store with only the best of the best in every category. Did you know they're Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley, making things easy to understand, being supportive, having conversations, dialogues, answering those pesky questions that have been going on for a long time? You know, that's what they're there for, and you're going to feel comfortable. Make them your one-stop, full-service location for everything you need, health and nutrition. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. Like I said, in their fourth decade, so they've been around a while, longevity is definitely Um, the thing that they do, and they do it well because they bring all that information and they're continually updating their own information. 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6. Closed on Sunday are the hours. Their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com. Enter your email address, start getting newsletters every month, coupons, and all of the radio shows made available to you for on-demand download and your listening convenience at stayhealthylasvegas.com. Phone number 877-2494. For mail order services or maybe on those busy days, have them get everything together so you can swoop in, pick it up, and be on your way. Remember to check out all the products from Terry Naturally, Europharma at the store, some amazing products. You've heard me talk about many of them here on the show. And don't forget to fill out the slip for the drawing of the month for the basket of the month giveaway that they do every single month. Sometimes they do two, and they're from their favorite companies. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. God bless and stay healthy. Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Tune in Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1340 a.m. and 98.9 FM for the most up-to-date information on your good health and well-being with the best guests in the industry who are here to help all of us get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. My show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, located at 840 South Rancho Drive on the northwest corner of Charleston and Rancho, next to Smith's. Visit Stay Healthy to see what a full-service local retailer can do for you. Stay Healthy offers exceptional service, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products at awesome prices. The hours of the store are 9 to 6 Monday through Saturday, closed on Sunday. I look forward to talking with all of you again. Stay healthy.